Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your hosts, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex. Or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins and let's drop in. Welcome, freelancers, to episode 103 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. I am your host, Steve, along with my three co-hosts, Michael, Devin, and JD. And guys, I am glad to be here with you today because it is a very special episode of the Freelancer Codex podcast because it has been 209 days since the launch on Origin Access Premiere. Can you believe it has been 209 days? It's a lot of days. That's a lot of days. And... After 209 days, the game has finally made its way to the vault, so you can access it through EA Access and through Origin Access Premiere. Yep. I get super confused on what they call all these different subscription Origin services. Origin Access is on console, EA Access. No, no Origin backwards. Access is PC, basic level. See, EA Access is on console. Quit sounding like you know stuff. You don't know. I know all the things. And that now oh. gives people on the PC and people on all consoles. Well, not you still can't get it on the Switch. And you can't get it on that new device that um, that one developer is coming out with. Shoot. Devin, what's that thing called? It's got the crank on the side. It looks like an old school video oh. game device. Yeah, the, I, don't even, I don't even know what that is. The Wii That's Play, like... you play. It's not on that either. So you don't have to worry about it's that. Powered by Steam. It is powerful, Steam. Don't worry about it. It would be cool if you had a crank on on your controller, though. I mean, imagine all the things you could do with a crank in Anthem. If you like had to, like, there'd be puzzles where you had to crank open a door, and instead of just holding down the X button or tapping A rapidly, you can actually crank it. That would be a really cool idea. Who's with? Sounds like something that break. Well, it it would it would break if your kids were using it as like a teething ring or using it to reel in a fish. It would probably break. Maybe. Otherwise, I mean, you could it could be made of high quality stuff, just like this show. High quality stuff. High quality stuff. High quality. Okay, so yeah. episode one hundred three. It's a little bit of housekeeping. You can email us at freelancercodex at gmail dot com. You can leave us a voice message at five zero five three eight six seven nine one seven, and we can play that on the show. And a couple other things, you can tune in to our latest episode of the Shut Up and Respawn podcast by going over to shutupandrespawn.com, and you can get some pretty sweet content over there as we talk about many, many more video games than just Anthem. So, real quick, we'll get into the news of the week, and I think the big news of the week is it's not that big of a news week for the Cataclysm, because this is, is the week that we extended because of the numerous bugs that we had from patch 1.4.0. So 1.4.0, there was an issue with elemental damage scaling correctly. So things like the steam vent, melee damage, combo damage was affected. So instead of, you know, going for a whole week and having leaderboards where things were affected, they decided to extend the cataclysm by a week. Um, so nothing has changed from last week compared to this week, except that we got patch 1.4.1, and that patch included a couple of bug fixes. And these are some of the bug fixes that, that it included. So there were, 
It says general bug fixes and improvements, the Colossus Battle Cry, and Interceptor Target Beacon now properly debuff enemy resistances again, so somehow that got changed. Fixed a bug that prevented formula bonuses from being applied, which caused unintended damage reduction in certain cases. For example, Steam Vent ability and combo damage inscription. So this was kind of one of the big ones that at first people were like, this is like, hey, something's up because the Steam Vent is so overpowered that it was very easily identified after the patch went live. So first people were like, hey, it's a stealth nerf. What's going on? Um, But they said, no, it's not a stealth nerf. Something just happened on the back end. A couple of other things. AKA stealth nerf. Yeah, I mean, you call a potato, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's probably a... Probably a duck. Yeah. It might be a duck. It's probably or a pigeon in disguise. Making games is hard. Making games is hard. So, fixed an issue that prevented new weapons, uh, like the Volt Caster, Blade Slingers, and Pulse Accelerators from appearing in the vault. That's a big problem. And then Jar's Wrath, this is the weapon that we all have grown to love because for some reason, if you spam that right trigger, it is insanely overpowered and it melts shields pretty quickly and it melts mobs uh, very fast. So Jar's Wrath now requires time before it can be fired again after releasing the trigger. This fix also improves game performance in some instances. So um, yay for improving game performance because there's been a new slew of issues of people have been identifying game crashes. Um, I didn't test the new firing mechanism on Jar's Wrath. I guess I was, I was like, whatever. Jar's Wrath is a fun gun to have. I don't think it like, I mean, I have seen people saying, Hey, my Jar's Wrath build is now useless. Devin, have you gone in or Mike, JD, have you gone in to see like how big of a change the new mechanic is with Jar's Wrath? If it actually will just, if it ruins builds or now it's just a trash tier weapon. I mean, it didn't so mess I, anything up for me, so. I actually don't have a Jara's Wrath, so. You don't have a Legendary, or you didn't even get a Masterwork? I didn't even, I haven't even gotten a Masterwork for it. Wow, that's rough. JD? I haven't got a Masterwork or a Legendary. So it's, so it's a moo point for me. Like a moo point? Yeah, it's something like a cow says. It doesn't matter. Oh, fair enough. JD? <laughs> I'm actually kind of happy about this because the Jar's Wrath that I had had like a really good roll on it. It was legendary. I think it had like 250% weapon damage and I think like plus 35% elemental damage and like plus 25 clip size or magazine size, whichever. And uh, anyway. Oh, it's a uh, magazine. I don't think Jar's Wrath is a magazine. Either way, like I, I, I set it up on, uh, I wanted to set it up on my Colossus to like, you know, prime targets and then like I could detonate it with, you know, uh, a seismic gauntlet or whatever it's called and uh honestly it was just doing too much damage like by the time they were prime they were basically dead so I'm, <laughs> so you're I'm, glad I'm it got glad. nerfed because <laughs> he wants I'm, to I'm be kind of, yeah, like, my, my original intent was like oh it primes things i'm gonna <laughs> set it up as a primer but then it was too good of a primer and i was like <laughs> i can't detonate everything because time is prime it's bad. <laughs> Would you say that it was an Optimus primer? Sorry. I would say it was an optimal <laughs> primer, yes. It was oh, very optimal. Are you playing on easy mode, JD? No. <laughs> I'm trying to I, think. I, play, I'm I can't do anything. I, 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 play, I play on GM2 because I don't usually have enough time to get a team of people together, so it's all randoms all the way. 
I'm trying to think of a follow-up joke to the Optimus Primer joke that you made, but I'm like coming up blank. Even though like there's a tons of Transformers that you could like try to riff off of, I'm trying to think of like how Lightning can I use this? Optimus Prime. You having you having a hard time? Lightning Rodimus Prime Welcome works. To GM two all randoms all the time. Yeah. yeah, everybody's favorite Prime Rodimus Prime. Yeah. Optimus Prime. Never Plus. heard of him. So, so the GM two thing or the GM two. So the Optimus. I can't even. <laughs> Devin and Mike so are Jars down for the Rats. count today. It's been good to have you on the podcast, Mike. Um, I, uh, <laughs> so we'll send this out to the community that will be holding auditions for the fourth member of the Freelancer Codex podcast. If you would like to be on, just go ahead and shoot us an email with your best impression of uh, Billy Crystal, and we will pick from that pool. Wait, wait, hold up. And stop, stop, stop. Hold yeah. the phone. Hold yep. the phone. Michael. <laughs> I want to hear your best impression of Billy Crystal right now. Because when you say Billy Crystal, all I think of City Slickers, and I don't even remember what he sounds like in that movie. So can you throw down like a Billy Crystal impression right now? Um, no, so you Billy can't. The Billy Crystal I have comes from okay. the classic movie, The Princess Bride. <laughs> I love that movie. I forget he yeah. was in that movie. That's how good he is. Everybody forgets he's in, not everybody forgets he's in that movie. But anyway, I will not be giving you my Billy Crystal impersonation because that's up to you. You can't be stealing my thunder. So, so listeners, go ahead and call in with your best can, Billy can Crystal. Can we maybe put that as like a top tier Patreon reward? Like you know, pay this much and you get to hear Mike's Billy Crystal. We should uh, do that. Um, subscribe to um, our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/FreelancerCodex to hear Michael's impressions. <laughs> And we'll send those out to you. You can even send a list of, hey, I want Mike to say this. So Mike actually does some okay impressions. Devin, on the other hand, has some of the worst impressions I've ever heard. Um, so maybe that should be a, maybe, maybe that should be a tier also. All right. So patch 1.4.1. Um, then week five of the cataclysm has been extended and will now end on September 17th. That's like five days away. That's only, a, yeah, it's only a few days away. So if you haven't got your stuff, you better get in there and get it. That's when the cataclysm is over or when the week no, five is over? No, so that's when week well, five is over. I guess that's just week five, huh? Yeah, because yeah, week so five has been two week. weeks. You know, we got to get oh, the last actual cinematic. We don't you know, know. Finish the story for the cataclysm. Um, you got to finish grinding all your I mean, challenges, so. collect your notes, um, shoot as many mans yep. as you can, and get those things finished up because who knows when those wraps or when all those things will come back. Because I mean, You could just play the game for fun. and Shut know. up, Devin. Nah, um, so we've, we've already talked about Anthem going to the vault, which is kind of big news. Um, maybe I think, do you think, cause I was thinking about this and I was thinking really hard about this and it was a boy's thought too. Like, does, will there be an influx of new players? Do you think? Because people that I imagine that are signed up for EA access are, I don't know what that target demographic is. Like, honestly, like, is it people that I mean, there's a lot of different games for EA? So there's not one specific target demographic. I mean, besides people who play video games, because they have all the sports, sports games. They have all their speed. indie titles. They have first person shooters. There's like you know. 200 plus games you can get on there. And I, hmm, because I, because I guess I, I have, I am subscribed to the EA service, but I never am like, hey, I'm going to go look in here and see what games are available. Like, I'm subscribed to it because I'm going to get Jedi Fallen Order, and I got Anthem this year, and paying $100 for a year to get two games, I'm we saving 20 bucks. We don't know if bucks. you're going to get Jedi Fallen Order. I, if we don't, that would be super weird if we don't, but... 
So I hope that by this going into the vault, there's going to be a lot more people getting access to it. So maybe it'll bring more people into it. They actually have a little write-up on this. Um, and then it's, this is actually posted on the EA website itself. So it says, play Anthem now with EA Access or Origin Access. It's in the vault. The themed season-long event will be Cataclysm event will be ending soon, but there's still time for freelancers to suit up and take on its fury. If you're an Origin Access Basic or EA Access subscriber, you too can join the adventure. The Anthem Standard Edition is now in the vault and yours to play as much as you want. You don't get access to that sweet Legion of Dawn gear, but I guess you got to pay up for that because you can still buy that separately. Um, what you need to know about Anthem, and this is interesting, so what, you guys tell me if you guys know this about Anthem. If you're an EA, EA Access or Origin Access subscriber, all you need to do is start your download, and soon you'll be able to soar through the air and unleash your power. They should have said you'll soon be able to master flight and unleash your power in the Ranger, Interceptor, <laughs> Colossus, or Storm Javelins. These incredible armored suits, your skills, and your raw courage are all that stand between humanity and the many dangers of the beautiful but deadly world of Anthem. And then it talks about a couple of like, hey, here's where you can go look at characters, here's some gameplay stuff, here you can look at some story stuff, and here's some tips tips and tricks. So, um, I hope it gets more people into the game. It's probably easier yeah. pill to swallow paying $15 a month and getting access to a bunch of games and just Anthem on top of that. So if it brings more people in, um, good for them. I really hope it works. Yeah. Uh, it is worth pointing out though that like the $15 a month is only for the, like the top tier, like EA access on the PC. Like was it EA, uh, Origin Premiere or something like that? I, I think on consoles, it's just like, five dollars now like five dollars a month ten dollars on console is it but yeah. like okay because last time last time i played it well i had ea access which was for that trial for anthem and i canceled it right after i think it was just five but i thought it was 30 bucks way, like, 30 bucks for the year oh yeah it's, th- it can, it's 30 bucks for the year that sounds right but i think it was like five dollars a month i i'm i might be wrong on that i get num- I numbers know. jumbled in my head all the time but either way it's Less of a buy-in, so I mean, it's kind of like what we saw when we went to EA Play with the uh, Anthem booth. Because what, like, what we saw there was like people were just getting like a lot of people that were there, or at least some of the people that I heard, or most people that I heard when I was like standing outside the exit, were people that hadn't played Anthem before, and yeah. they just they just didn't try it because they had heard so many negative things about it. But since they were at EA Play and they got in line and they had some time to check it out, they checked it out. And it was better, like it was way better than they thought it was going to be. They really enjoyed it, and it's like I didn't know it was going to be this good. So, like having a lower buy-in, giving people like more of an excuse to like just try it out real quick, especially if they already have EA access, probably about as close as we're going to get to Anthem going, you know, free to play or something like that. Yeah, and JD is right. So it's four dollars per month, or it's thirty dollars per year. Um, so if you do the, if you get it annually, you save, uh, 50% of that cost. So it's pretty cheap. I mean, for $2 and 49 cents a month, you can play Anthem. Like that sounds like a no brainer. I mean, you play it, you get your fun out of it. You move on to your next game, come back within when there's another, um, content drop. I mean, huh? Yeah. That, that seems, seems like a really the, good deal. That seems to be the formula with a lot of stuff though, right? Um, this is definitely way that things are going, like the streaming, the yeah. service plan that Xbox has started on consoles. Um, that's the way that, I mean, Xbox Game Pass is an insane deal if you play any yeah. type of video games. Like EA Access, I mean, with over 200 titles, I mean, that's a pretty insane deal. 
because you get access to top titles like, you know, you get Garden Warfare, um, Battlefront, Need for Speed, FIFA, FIFA Madden, NHL, NHL 20, um, Apex is on there, Apex is for free, but hey, there's some good values for games out there. If you're like looking for games, yeah. you know, paying $5 a month, getting access to that many games, you can boot your gamer score like a madman. So if that's what you want to do, that's what you should do. Oh, boot right. it. You kick it and it goes boot it. Boot it. You yeah, could boot it. So a couple of order. a couple of other things that have happened um, this week. So a team on the PC has scored over twenty million points in the Cataclysm. Oh, what? Are you so, serious? Yeah. So, so that that team was comprised of, and I think these are all the names cheater. that I got correct. <laughs> I don't think they were cheater. Oh, sorry, so sorry. Allegiant number one <laughs> dash dash SK dash dash RY PTA dash dash. Uh, Gray Phoenix and Turbulent Sunday um, were able to get the score, and they've been they've posted one of their 19 million point runs on YouTube for people to watch and kind of figure out what they're doing, doing um, some of their some of their uh, strategies and how they're doing it. They're actually doing it with three storms and an interceptor, which is pretty impressive. Um, I guess they just have a lot of survivability on their storms, and because the storm is able to teleport. And it's another way to mitigate damage because you can't be damaged while you're teleporting. They've been able to hit over 20 million points, and that is a lot of points. So very impressive. That's a lot of points. I was I was them. pretty impressed. So and that's that's something that hey they're on top of the leaderboard. I think you know whatever Bioware does in order to like immortalize the people that are, that are at the top at the end of this thing. That I mean they should do something. I hope it's not just on the community cortex that'll live all over on the EA forums for all of eternity. I think there should be definitely something in game that happens to the people that hit those top leaderboards. So, yeah, like a hall of champions in the fort or something. Like that would be a good way to start. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot of points. I think my top score. I think I hit like thirteen million one time with a group of randoms. So cool. I mean. That was my top score, but, you know, congrats to these guys. That's pretty impressive. All right. Most impressive. I have a question for you guys, and this is something that I have been feeling lately as the weeks to the Cataclysm lead up to the end of the Cataclysm. I've been feeling like the Cataclysm started out really strong for me. So I I played with Zach, Mike, Devin. We actually played quite a bit in the beginning. And as the weeks Mm -hmm. progressed, I don't know if... My excitement fizzled out because each run took longer as events were added. And it just seemed like there was a little bit of new stuff compared to a lot of old stuff, that old content that we've already done for the event. Because right now I'm like, I don't feel like I need to jump in and get any more crystals. Um, and, And I don't know if you guys are feeling that. Do you feel like... You know, you're just kind of like done and waiting for the end cutscenes and cinematics to jump back in, or is that just something that <clears throat> ah, I'm choking on something, or is that just something that I'm experiencing? I think for me, it's just a simple cost-benefit analysis. Um, because they're they're fun. It was fun, but for me, the rewards didn't didn't um, equal my time investment, and so I kind of just slowed down and slowed down. Um, because getting the stuff I wanted took too long and was kind of a convoluted process. Um, you know, doing the cataclysm runs, getting the crystals, converting the crystals, um, taking my chances on the chests. 
and then getting chests that would guarantee me stuff for my javelin, but then having that a different economy, which actually meant I'd have to grind more, even though I had this specific chest because it, it was a different amount of crystals. And so for me, and, and I never ended up getting the stuff that I wanted. And so for me, it was, eh, you know, I'm, I'm not really seeing, you know, not, not that I wanted the stuff that I wanted every chest I opened. But it just it wasn't it wasn't equaling out for me, and so I kind of I didn't lose interest. I mean, I found other things that would that would fill my time, and I I think I justified it that way, saying that you know it'll be there. I can I can go back and get it maybe, and if not, oh well too. So I yeah. think that was my experience. JD, what was your what's your experience been like in in week five point two of the Cataclysm? Well, uh, I, I do. I do just want to like point this out, uh, just because it, the thought occurred to me just right now. Um, so, you guys have been playing uh, the Cataclysm content longer than some because of the PTS. So that might have to do with some of the fatigue, but not definitely not all of it. Because I kind of, I kind of feel the same because I, I really wish that the story missions uh, were spaced out a little differently. Um, like, because basically, like, you blew through all the the story mission content, probably in like, or at least I did. I blew through it in the first day, and then all the conversations and stuff like that. I feel like, um, like spacing that out a little bit more with the weeks would have been cool. I I know they added one conversation around like what was it like week three or yeah, I think week like three that. you could talk to Harkin again. Yeah. And, like, that was nice, um, but, like, why not, like, a new conversation every week as opposed to being able to just blow through all of them? I feel like that would have made it a little bit more interesting. Also, like, if the, what like, having the, like, the cataclysm, well, the cataclysm is, like, you know, the Echo's reality. It's, like, a shifting, unstable reality and stuff like that. But it doesn't really actually shift that much. It doesn't really actually seem all that unstable aside from the fact that it's constantly trying to kill you. Like, I feel like if they had had the landscape change more pathways, change weather change, um, like instead of like a big old rainstorm or something, you know, like really turbulent winds, you know, like fire raining from the skies. Like, I, I feel like there was, there's more that they could have done week to week to vary up the environment, to make it, a little bit more interesting because basically it just felt like the events were on an on off switch and they only got switched on once we reached the correct week. So yeah. And, and I, not too much of all the, the inversions were also kind of like a little too player friendly in like, in my opinion, I know some people might not agree with that. But. No, I agree. I think the inversions were very bland and they missed a big opportunity to change things up with them because you're right. If you know, the, the cataclysm itself would lend itself thematically and lore wise to changing its weather patterns, changing, you know, how things, you know, what different types of enemies spawn just because it is an alternate reality. And each time you go in there, the reality can be changing. So, you know, maybe it's a storm this time. Maybe there's, you know, double the lightning. Maybe there's snow. Maybe there's, you know, something else that just kind of changes it up, changes it up week per week. Because you're right, like going in the first time, you're like, oh, this is a really cool storm. You know, it's a really cool graphical effect. It looks nice. But by, you know, the 60th run, you're like, man, I wish I could just turn this storm off so I could actually see where these echoes are, right? So, I mean, mm -hmm. there's there's opportunities 
in the future to be like, okay, let's change this up week to week a little bit more. Because right now, just adding one event, um, I don't think that changes it enough for me. Devin, does it change it enough for you? Or what things do you think they could do to make it more exciting week to week? Yeah, so for me, I think it was the the event. I don't know. It was too too long, I think. Or they're they're pacing like kind of like what JD was talking about was the the pacing of how content was delivered and the limited amount of content, the issues with uh, getting gear that you want. Um, you know, like my luck before the cataclysm, I you know always got the gear I wanted really easy, and then they like nerfed it hard for me. Uh, they're like, no, Devin cannot get any more gear right. that he wants because. Uh, the only thing that I've that I've gotten that it's of any use is the Jar's Wrath, the legendary. Uh, everything else has been basically garbage that I've gotten, um, you know. And I can't I, for my build it's already all legendaries. Like you know, none of the masterworks are of any use to me. I mean, they're fun to test out and try, but you know, there's zero point in using them because it just drops my my uh, level. But I think you know. I don't know, maybe if it was it was like only a month long or something, and I just think they didn't have enough content, not enough. I mean, there's nine new weapons, there's new, you know, gear pieces and things like that, which is good, but I don't know. I, I think it's just, it goes along with, one, I played the PTS a lot, so that's also my fatigue and burnout of the Cataclysm. Um, two was, I felt kind of the same way as Mike, you know, like my time investment versus reward was was not being valued i think in my own eyes i mean that's how i see it you know when i spend you know several hours working on the cataclysm getting all these crystals and then all i get is just crap for other javelins you know i mean they fixed that eventually but by the time they fixed it i was already you know over it and just like it's it's not even worth it and then when they put the new you know javelin specific stuff in there they threw everything for that javelin in there so while it's good, it still gave you uh, bad odds. You know, I, th- I would have appreciated it more if they upped the legendary opportunity. You know, I, th- I, I just, I mean, they're they're giving out masterworks, but the masterworks are useless. You know, if if you've put any amount of time into the game before, then you you had all legendaries, most likely, anyways. If you put a, a decent amount of time into it, and I, I think that's also my problem. I mean, we're, you know, obviously in the more hardcore at least as far as time played in the game goes, right? So, Do you think it's a catch-up mechanic for people that hadn't played the Cataclysm or hadn't been grinding I that? I don't know. You know, I think it's just they're geared the way... I mean, the, the, obviously they have issues, and we've, we've talked about this time and time again, and the loot is a big problem, and it just the time versus reward, it just it's not there. I mean, it doesn't matter if they put this stuff in there. There's only a couple things, and it doesn't really reward you because of so many other limitations and, and they're slowly addressing these things. And I think that's, I think the problem is, is there while they're addressing it, it's just not fast enough for, for my liking. Right. I mean, they can only do so much. I don't know. Sometimes I think it might even be better for them to just be like, all right, this is what we're going to do. You know, I've talked about this before where they're like, we're, we're fixing this stuff, but you know, it's just going to take a long time to fix. And so we're, we're going to kind of leave the game as is for a while and then we'll come back to it, you know, so that I can be like, okay, I can come back to this when they're ready. But right. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like 
this week I didn't play any Cataclysm, and I played. I went into Anthem being like, okay, what are we gonna do after Cataclysm? You know, and, and I talked to Stephen about this a little bit the other day, and it's just like, you know, once the Cataclysm is gone, you know, hopefully they introduce new stuff for us to do, but it's like it's just the same old stuff that's been there for, you know, the whole time. In between the four months, or have, was it four months we had a gap in content? Uh, there was a four-month gap. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, if you've played in that time, once Cataclysm is over, if they don't have anything else in there, you're, you're just back to the game pre-Cataclysm. And yeah. so, I mean, they, they haven't been forthcoming with uh, information about that. And, I mean, there's only one more week left. And I don't know. I think, you know, a little bit more communication would be good. Um, they did post, you know, a new job opening for another community manager. So maybe, maybe they need help. They're doing so much um, to communicate with the community. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's sarcasm, yeah. but uh, <laughs> that was that was sarcasm. I couldn't tell. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I want, I want to play Anthem. I love Anthem. It's awesome. I've spent, you know, three hundred plus hours in Anthem, and I look forward to what their new content is. It's just. Their delivery. They need to work on the delivery, the content, the just the, the player mechanics and rewarding their players for the time they spend in the game. Because you're right, it takes a long time. You know, when you're doing a GM three to try and get more legendaries and get better content, it takes time to do everything. If you're trying to get as many crystals as possible and go through and collect everything that you can, I mean, it's not a short amount of time because you got to get your team, you got to ready up, you got to, you know. Do everything you need. Wait for another person to go do this or that, and before you know it, you can only get one or two runs in. And if you only have a limited amount of time to play, it's it just doesn't make it worth the time you put into it. Well, I think with all the with all the events, if you complete the events, so you start with fifteen minutes, you complete the events, you get three minutes per, so it's an extra twenty one minutes. Then six time runes. I think that's like a total of forty two minutes um, per run right now. If you're using all of that time to get all the orbs get all the secrets and you're just you know um so probably i I would say on average a run is probably going to be like 35 minutes with a group of randos because at some point you're like okay this is as much as we're going to do we're going to be done so when the event started we finish it (laughs) yeah when the event started we had what so there is nine plus 15 um plus six what is that nine plus 15 i'm doing all my math my math wrong here so that's 26 (laughs) you know 32 minutes no, that can be right. Because you have 15 minutes, and then you get an extra 9 minutes. So that's 26 we could be, minutes. We could be here a long minutes. time if you're going to do really this could. live. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe, I, I think one thing that could help future cataclysms, and this was an idea that I think Ben Irving put out in the beginning um, when they were doing their live stream, is that, you know what? If you have extra time, maybe that extra time will go towards a bonus for your team bonus. instead yeah, of just I mean, being that's, wasted. That's pretty commonplace in other games, right? So right, because then it really isn't that what we thought it was before? Yes, we would yeah, like it's going to have a time bonus. You finish yeah. as fast as possible. How much time yeah. you got left? So, so I think, I mean, or, or they could make it so that it's like that the time spent in the cataclysm is also rewarding in other areas because, like. I mean, basically, every time I've been jumping on Anthem, I haven't been, like, you know, going for gold like I used to, you know, and instead of, like, grinding out, you know, strongholds trying to get, uh, you know, that faction rep, like, 
I, I think in all the time that I've played the Cataclysm, you know, I've just been hopping on playing the Cataclysm, do a few runs, then, you know, you know, spend the crystals and call it a day. I've only gotten maybe like a thousand or fifteen hundred uh, reputation, and that doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. No, I, 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 think... I feel like like if they if they like you know switch it up so that like it was rewarding in another way on top of like because all things are like even if they just like switch enemy types and I was able to finally get you know will finally get those outlaw kills that I need to get to move on to the next uh, challenge. Like I, it, 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 there, there's other things they could be doing to make the, to, to make it just a little bit more worth it. Um, especially like this late in the game. Yeah. And I think adding reputation gains to the cataclysm, would be a great idea. And it's, I would think it would be a very simple thing to do. You just turn on how much reputation do you get when you complete this challenge, you know, get, and, and for something that takes you that long, it's like, hey, here's 200 rep per faction grind, right? Um, because currently, the only time you get rep in the Cataclysm is when you open a treasure chest. And that's really the only time you get that. Um, and I guess, and like to your point, JD, if you're not grinding rep, if you're running the Cataclysm, you're not grinding rep. So that halts yeah. your ability, you know, your challenge to get um, Champion of Tarsus. So they're, like you said, yeah, and I agree 100%. Like that would, it doesn't solve like huge problems that I have, but it would definitely mitigate one and it would definitely make me feel better about, all right, I'm going to do a cataclysm. Even if I don't get this legendary gear, it's going to put me 600 points closer to getting the champion of Tarsus. And that, that would actually, that would actually encourage me more to jump in like right now during week 5.2 and be like, all right, let's do this. I am making progress somewhere, even if it's not to, get a legendary, you know, item yeah. for my support. It's actually giving me progress somewhere and I can actually see that and I can track that prag that progress. So I think that would be a great idea for future events is like always tie it somewhere to reputation. And maybe they don't want to yeah. tie it to reputation because they don't want people to complete that because then they don't have anything after that. But I mean, it's a challenge. You just add another challenge. You give us another color of, of metal and it's like, all right, now go chase this. You know, it's not that hard to give us another carrot to chase. I would think that giving us carrots would be the easiest thing to create, right? Whether it's a wrap, yeah, I mean, a new sure. armor set or something like that. Yeah, like you, you would think that like by having like, especially the people that got like 20 million, uh, like you would think that like, okay, we have leaderboards now and like everything in Anthem in terms of the lore, you know, like is supported. So it's like, why, why would these people who are at the top of this board, you know, keeping track of, you know, their feats and accomplishments, you know, not have higher reputation, you know, like, uh, come on, man. Yeah. A little something. So yeah, just, just a couple ideas for, for the next time the cataclysm comes around, whenever that is. Um, I can't imagine that they would just toss this thing out and we never see it again. So change the way inversions work. Give us a timer bonus if we complete it early. Make that work for us and not against us. Um, what else? We need different way to deliver the currency. Currency, I think, needs to change. Like you said, Mike, I don't see any reason why we have a major and minor crystal and other minor. than just to slow yep. us down for some reason. So, I mean, I, and I think these are good solutions that they, they're not huge sweeping changes. I think the core of the Cataclysm gameplay is fun. Um, I like chasing a score. 
and then just throw in PvP on top of that, and you have eight people in there, and one team trying to shut down the other team, <laughs> and you've got yourself a mode. Oh, what? So. We haven't talked about PvP in so long, Steven. You bring this up, and you, and you, and you know, I I was thinking about that lately because in the in the beginning, everyone was like, "Oh, we need a PvP mode. There has to be a PvP mode." And the game came out, and that talk just you know dried up. No one said PvP again for the longest time. To like we hate everything, <laughs> right? And Basically. So I mean, <clears throat> you know, maybe it's time. To like, hey, is it time to like figure out? what a PVP mode would look like in Anthem. And it's something that I've, I don't care to see. Um, but you know what? Having more modes than we currently have, I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> you know, you give us more content to play, more modes to play. It's like, all right, let's do it. Throw something together. I don't care what it is. Even if it's... Steven's just- talking about PVP and Anthem. That's uh, Steven's talking crazy. I think Steven's- the world's going to end soon. What's going on? All right, time to move on. Mike did, you, Mike, did you have a weapon review? We haven't done a weapon review in a really long time, but you have something written down here. I, I did have something written down. It didn't turn into anything concrete because I went in trying to test weapons. So I thought, how is the best way to kind of... Because I wanted to look at um, components and really focus on how components modify weapons and and kind of really what's going on here um because we talked about how there really isn't even like a base stat sheet on what our stuff even does correct you know we, we see we see numbers fly up and we were so jazzed about numbers when they were announced we're like yeah we got to get those numbers as high as we can but we have no context or basis for them we don't know what they do so I did something kind of different. I don't know. I mean, this isn't revolutionary, but if you go in and create a new javelin, you can set it up as a default loadout and you start with all your base stuff. You have zero components equipped. You don't have a support piece equipped. Um, you start with a level one for, in my case, it was a shock mace. So a level one shock mace, a level one assault rifle. Somebody's breathing really hard and is really <laughs> close to their mic. It's really distracting. <laughs> It really is. It's like the <laughs> like someone in the death throes going on, man. Someone's it's like a narwhal. Um, a narwhal. A narwhal. <laughs> yeah, a narwhal. The unicorns of the sea. Okay. Um, do, do they do they heavily yes. breathe under the water that you can like hear? Yeah. Okay. Carry on, please. <laughs> so I went in and was playing around with some stuff. So I ha- I went in. Um, and I did all my tests on normal mode because that should give us your base numbers, right? There should be zero modifiers. Everything should be base. So I went in on a free play normal mode with, and I equipped a level 75 legendary assault rifle. And I was looking at numbers and I was having issues with the game. I was rubber banding quite a lot. And so I didn't get like a solid test in, but I found that I was critting, um, 1588. Okay. Um, on my crit hits, and then my not crit hits were twenty one twenty eight. What? Yeah, that math is. N- I'm confused. I was too. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what was going on. Um, <laughs> you are the worst tester ever, Mike. You can't get anything right. You oh, I can't. can't. <laughs> your your I can't. crit hits weren't so even I was fr- registering correctly. <laughs> so, so I was frustrated and. And so I'm going to go back and test it again and, and see exactly what's going on. Um, so, yeah. So that's where I am on my test. Sorry it's not more <laughs> solid and concrete. But I got really confused as to what was going on. because I'm, I'm more confused now, too. were less than my regular hits. Huh. 
Well, then return and report uh, next week after you do some testing and figure out what's going on with your and, system. And if, and if anybody, if any, if the community would like to help, just kind of do that. Create a, a stock javelin, brand new, jump in free play, um, normal level, and just kind of see what you get. Um, and and I guess it I depends on an interesting test. And I guess it depends on what inscriptions you have on your weapons, right? Because that's going to be like a major. I, I didn't even I didn't even think to look at those. Because I was because I was focused on um, component inscriptions, and I was going to see exactly you know how everything worked together and stuff. And I wanted I actually did have a question for everybody. I wanted to know how much pickup radius was a key in people equipping inscriptions. So if you could tweet us that information, um, it would help my research. I so, can I can tell you what mine that's is. That's my little <laughs> that's my little weapon corner. Um, bit for for this week so okay i have i have two things to end the show on one one is a conspiracy theory that is a wild conspiracy theory and then the second one is lore that'll take about half an hour so i'm going to go with the conspiracy theory first and you guys can tell me if you've heard about this before so this is something that lupo actually talked to me about a while ago it's been about a month and i i was like no that that can't be true that's got to be insane and then someone was asking on Twitter today, a bunch of the content creators, and I'm like, hey, have you guys heard of this? Like, what's going on here? So there is a video out there, and I will try to remember to link the video in the show notes. Um, there is a theory, a conspiracy theory, really, put your tinfoil hats on, that if you equip items, they can be legend, they can be masterworks, they can be whatever, but if you equip specific items that have specific inscriptions on them for example say i stack my javelin has weapons and items that have two inscription spots that say um combo damage if i equip a bunch of inscriptions on my current loadout that have the same inscriptions that is more likely to drop for my legendaries in the future so if you equip all legendaries and you have all the legendaries that you have, that's just a mix, a jumble of a bunch of different inscriptions because you can't really make a build, right? You kind of have to equip what you get. It makes those next items more random because it's selecting from that pool of inscriptions that you already have equipped. So according to the video, they're manipulating what inscriptions future weapons will pull from because they're pulling from the inscriptions that you have currently equipped. So this is something that Lupo told me about. So is everyone are we all on the same page here? Figured out like yeah, what no. this person is doing? No. Okay. I, mean, I can tell you something similar from my own experience. Don't, because I don't want this to be true. Um so so the <laughs> point is, like Mike, if you wanted a legendary to drop all melee damage, you equip items regardless of rarity that have melee damage on them. And you are and more then, likely. And then my new items will drop with melee damage. Correct. So now, Devin, tell hmm. me your your experience with this insane, insane theory. Right, so it it's it doesn't have to do with the inscriptions, but it does have to do with similar weapons dropping, right? So uh, when I was working on getting all the weapons, you know, completing their steps or whatever for each weapon, I would switch to a different weapon, you know, that, uh, or I would go craft one basically because I didn't have any in stock. So say it was like a, a pistol or whatever, you know, okay. an interceptor. 
And so once I started doing this, I would craft that weapon. And once I was using it, then all of a sudden, these same weapons kept, uh, I kept getting them all the time from when I would go take, you know, my stuff back. And I would, that's, I would get all these weapons that I was not getting before. And this has happened with shotguns, with, you know, the auto rifles. Every time I would equip a new weapon that I wasn't currently using or hadn't, and I hadn't seen any of that stuff for a long time, those would start dropping all the time when I would get, when I would have, when I'd be using those. And it was really weird because I was like, okay, so if I want to get a better version of this, I just keep using it and because it, it would just keep dropping all the time for me once I started using it. So I just craft a basic one, go into free play and start using it. And then they would start dropping. And so, and that was my experience for a good little while while I was working on that, a couple, several weeks. Um, I haven't tested it, you know, in a while, but that was something that I was, I was, I was like, they weren't dropping before because I was using um, two auto rifles. So everything was basically a random sniper every now and then, and then just auto rifles all the time huh. that were dropping. And so, like, the weapons I had equipped was what was dropping on the regular. And so um, that's kind of what, what I've seen in the past. I don't know if it's changed or what. I mean, I guess it's something we can test this week and see if it if it's actually true. Um, I don't know. But it was just based on my experience. Like, the rifles were dropping all the time. And then when I, you know, I hardly ever got any pistols. And then once I switched, it was like, oh, it's just all the time I'm, I'm getting them. You know, from my purples and and masterworks, it was, it was I thought it was pretty crazy. So, yeah, so that so, that would be pretty interesting to test because I guess what you would have to do, and it might even be easier to test now if it works with the um, loot boxes that we're getting. I guess you could do it by crafting materials, but by crafting weapons. But who really wants to do that? So you just have to find a bunch of gear that has like melee damage. I wonder. Now this is. Now, see, now I'm falling into this, you know, crazy idea of like, what happens here? Because lower tier items have only one single inscription. I wonder if you could try to manipulate that, that this is the only inscription I have across all these items. Um, I wonder if you could do that. See, now I'm interested um, to figure out if this is something that actually works or if this is an insane idea. Because to me, it sounds like it's an insane idea that you that it would even work this way. Right. Um, yeah, but it also sounds like you're buying into it a little bit. Maybe, maybe because I'm like, man, what if there's a possibility to actually manipulate this to where I could, you know, create a build? Because then potentially through a very convoluted long road, you could eventually yeah, like start, process. you could start making yeah. builds that you actually want. Like, hey, I want a lightning build. So now I got to find lightning on all these things. And then I start, have to go to the cataclysm, grind a bunch of crystals and then start, you know, opening boxes that hopefully give me lightning damage. See, even that doesn't even sound like exciting to me. So, so. Well, it I doesn't had, sound fun, but if it's a means to an end. Yeah. I had a similar experience back during the days that I was, you know, like really trying or trying hard to get legendaries. Cause what, what everybody, uh, especially after the episodes where I complained about, you know, like not having the legendaries or whatever. Which episode uh, was I that, JD? Like, I've got so, episodes so 56 been, so through. That would have been five. That would have been five through 102. <laughs> for, anybody, for anybody keeping track at home. Keep going, JD. So, uh, anyways, uh, what ended up happening with that was that a lot of people were like, okay, well, you just need to, uh, you know, equip more luck. Uh, things with like the luck inscription or whatever and i only had like one thing with the luck inscription and that was i believe 
one of the legendary weapons from the Legion of Dawn edition. And I did that. And then shortly thereafter, I got like a couple pieces of gear for my Colossus that had luck inscriptions. And then I equipped those because at that point, like I didn't care like what it was doing to my build. Like I was just trying to get more legendary to see how that would improve my build. And what ended up happening was, you know, lo and behold, like I had like a plus 70 something, you know, percent luck build uh, because I got like after getting the two pieces of gear, I started getting weapons uh, that had luck on them, even though like I would have preferred that they had something else. Uh, but all the same, like I was like, OK, I'll take it. And I started getting plus 35 percent luck and started getting, you know, plus 24 percent luck, you know, plus, uh, you know, 10 or 15 or whatever and i started like i started equipping whatever i could to like get oh get luck but the whole thing is that after i got the after i started using the gun with uh the lot legion of dawn gun uh that was legendary with luck on it um i ended up getting more stuff with luck on it so like i just thought that was weird i did not know about this conspiracy theory until tonight but uh sounds viable at least to me i mean there's all kinds of hidden game mechanics uh in games so. yeah but this should not be a hidden game this mechanic. doesn't sound like a mechanic this sounds like some i hate something an, an, an intentional something or other or? i hate everything about this conversation that that we <laughs> that that is even a conspiracy and speculation that something like this works right because in my mm-hmm. mind you're like you take a spreadsheet you put it in select random. If X happens, B happens, and select from random table. Not if if Javelin A has inscriptions A through D, then select from table F through nine. You know, it's I hate it. So how do you think games are made? Um, I think there's a lot of Excel spreadsheets. I think there's a lot of people typing numbers and commas so see, and parentheses. So see, let me tell you. Let me tell you how games are made. All right, please. Because I research. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so when a mommy game and a daddy game love each other very much. Okay. Oh. <laughs> what happens? This out. It's a family show. <laughs> Keep going, Mike. I'm waiting for an explanation. You promised me an explanation. Okay. I. So that one show a night. That's just an interesting conspiracy theory that is out there. I can neither confirm nor deny the existence of of now what is happening. Have, like something to try and do this next week. I guess yeah. that's true. Go out so. And test. All right, so really quick, now, I want to I want to talk to you guys do about. Do you lore. really mean really quick? I mean, no, it's not going to be really, really quick. Mean really quick. It's going to be. It's going to take a really long time. But I'm down with it. So as long as I have this record button, I will keep the show going. All right, so real quick, I want to know: Do you guys know anything about the Dominion? What do you know about the Dominion? Not what so you should have. We actually know, know out there. about the Dominion, so I don't know if we need to go through this part. All right, lore section over. Well done, thank you, everybody. <laughs> Handshakes all around and high five. All right, all right. did no, you guys walking out? See you guys. I had a question. Where did the Dominion come from? We don't know. When a when a when a mama Dominion and a daddy Dominion really love each other. <laughs> Oh, All right, so Magnus Strahl was actually one of the legionnaires <laughs> under Helena Tarsus um, when they were fighting the Irgoth for their freedom, all right? So Magnus Strahl came to the Legion of Dawn as a young girl. Her village was raided and her family taken by the Irgoth. She was so small at the time, she hid inside a basket. The Irgoth surely 
caught her scent, but considered her too weak to bother taking. Alone, unarmed, she followed the secret arcanist signs to Sanctuary. These were runes left all over the place that we actually discovered, I think, during Mission 3 of the game. Um, and they were able to follow this to Sanctuary, where the one this was one of the last bastions of humanity um, in Sanctuary. This is where the rebels hid and plotted. There, Strahl begged General Tarsus to let her join the Legion to grant her vengeance, but the General refused and Strahl wasn't ready, Tarsus said. So Strahl couldn't accept that, so she went out alone to fight the Urgoth. She set traps and ambushes, she poisoned spears and knives, any small advantage she could take against a superior enemy. She gladly took it. She nearly died dozens of times, but vengeance drove her onward. It seems like vengeance is one of those things that'll keep you alive, even if, you know, vengeance. you're, yeah, vengeance will even be strong. Seconds from death. That's true. All right, tell uh, us more about Ultra Magnet. <laughs> so she carried, she carried Urgoth trophies to Sanctuary, um, but day after day, week after week, finally, General Tarsus spoke with her. What do you want? She asked. I want to join the Legion of Dawn, Magna replied. Tarsus looked at Strahl's mini Urgoth trophies. Why? You already have your revenge. At first, Strahl had no answer. Then she said, It's where I belong. Then you're finally ready to join us, Tarsus said. And that's just heartwarming that she was finally accepted by Tarsus. All right, so Strahl joins the Legion of Dawn, right? She becomes one of the top generals in the Legion, quickly rising up the ranks. I mean, if you're fighting Urgoth on your own as a little child, you probably gain a lot of experience and, you know, you're, you know, you're bringing home. I, I imagine like this, like this 12 year old girl bringing home the heads of Urgoth and like hanging them on pikes in her room, which would probably didn't make her a lot of friends, I'm guessing. It's like, hey, there's that weird girl that's bringing home heads of the slain that she, that she killed. You know, kind of weird stuff. So then Magnus Strahl, they grow up, they are fighting the Urgoth, and then this happens towards the last battle, right? When General Tarsus fell, those closest to her mourned. Each carried grief in their own way. For Strahl, the loss of her friend and leader summoned rage. She couldn't rest while a single Urgoth lived. They were already broken by the Sword of Fulminus, the sword that Tarsus forged, terrified fleeing to the dark corners of the world. But Strahl followed, hard on their heels. When at last her scouts found no more enemies, she returned to the Fortress of Dawn. There she found the door sealed. The legionnaires were preparing to leave it for forever. So as the final enemy wave, so, so at this time, like, you know, I don't know if Strahl was out on her own, like leading a group of warriors to chase down the Urgoth while, um, Leotrell and Helena were defending, like, the last civilization against the final attack. So I don't, like, the cortex doesn't go into, like, where these people were at at the last battle. So it sounds to me like Strahl was actually off fighting and didn't know a lot of what was actually happening. So I don't know if she was on a crusade. You know, I, I don't know a better word of it, word for it. She was on a crusade to destroy the Urgoth, right? Because she just had a lot of hatred and she was really angry. So she went to go destroy all the Urgoth. And when she got back and she found that the, um, let's see, that the fort was closed. Not the fort, but the... Um, Shoot, yeah, the Fortress of Dawn. It was all closed and sealed up because um, she was off fighting. And some, you know, this is from the Battles of the Legion. It says, as the final enemy wave descended upon the Legion, Magna Strahl threw aside her rifle, long since run dry of bullets, and took from the grasp of a fallen Urgoth a great spear, longer than a man was tall. Armed with the spear, she charged the enemy line, and before her might, Urgoth scattered like leaves in a storm. So I think from this point on, like, the spear becomes becomes kind of a symbol for Strahl and the people that followed her. Much like, you know, Helena was known for having the sword. 
I think Strahl was known for having the spear. And that might be why Vera, Vera's chosen weapon is a spear. So while Strahl eased her grief with battle, Arden Vasa fixated on his duty. With her final breath, Tarsus made him swear Antium would not fall, no matter the cost. At her command, Vasa prepared to take the Legion of Dawn south to guard Antium. And I think this is kind of interesting because we were at the Fortress of Dawn defending the last of humanity, and Antium was kind of one of the last bastions that people were at at this time. And it's weird to me that um, Tarsus would be so adamant to defend Antium instead of being like, hey, defend the people or defend wherever the people are. I mean, it was very specific that Antium would not fall. So to me, there's like some weird shape or relic or there's some reason that Antium needs to stand. Because it is the largest city that that we know of. Antium is the capital. So there's a lot of defenses. Um, that's where the majority of all the freelancers, I think that's where Corvus yeah. is at, actually. So mm -hmm. there, there's got to be something to do with Antium. I don't know if it's, you know, maybe there's some other large shaper relic that'll end up destroying the world if it ever gets yeah. accessed. But to me, it sounds like there's something important there. All right. So then, so then... Uh, let's see. Where am I? I'm, I'm losing all my place here, Mike, because I've got so much lore to go over. So Vasa says, hey, we're going to go to Antium. We're going to do what um, Tarsus says, and we're going to go defend this place. So Straw gets back when they're leaving, and she's like, no, we're supposed to defend all the people, not just one spot. That's like not what um, the Legion of Dawn is about. We're not just defending bricks. We're not defending houses. We're supposed to be defending the people. So she gets mad and she's like, whatever, we're going to take the people that are going to follow me and we're going to go track down the last of the Urgoth and we're going to kill them all so that we can defend everybody. So this is where the Legion gets split up. Um, Magna takes a bunch of the people that followed her. So Vasa called them traitors. Strahl declared those who stayed behind were cowards and the Legion broke. Those who followed Magna Strahl called themselves paladins and went north to pursue the enemy of man. They vanished into darkness and were never heard from again. So, JD, where are the Dominion from? I think JD's like asleep. He's like, what? Oh no, I'm 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 reaching the end of my gas, man. I whew. so the uh, so the Dominion come from the I, north, right? We we know that the Dominion come from the north, and this was the last place that Magna decided to go. So she took all of the people that were going to follow her, took them north. So rumor has it that that is what that is where the dominion were formed the people that followed magna the people that were fighting against the urgoth they left north to continue the fight and they became the dominion we don't know what happened in that 500 or that 468 years from the fall of the urgoth and the victory of the legion to now i'm guessing you know because it doesn't seem like magna like wanted all of humanity to die but when we meet the dominion they're very much set on finding shaper relics and you know they took down, uh, she was the name of the town that they blew up in the cutscene. Freemark. Freemark. So they destroyed Freemark, Freemark because they wanted the cenotaph because Harkin was, you know, looking for a way to control the anthem. So I don't know how you go from being like one of the leader, like, you know, the best friend of Helena Tarsus to, hey, let's destroy all these people just for the sake of finding power. They were corrupted by the anthem, right? I don't, and, I don't know. and that's definitely a possibility. It's very possible that, hey, they were up north fighting the Urgoth for this really, for a really long time alone. So that kind of like, hey, we need to find a way to end this war. And whether that's well, harnessing the anthem. The more experiments they did, I'm sure the more, you know, it kind of pushed them. They, were, they kept pushing to try and, you know, find find a different way. And 
becoming one with the anthem maybe became a focus for him. I don't know. So yeah. one thing that is worth noting, especially when it comes to Bioware and their lore, is that uh, the lore, the the given history in a world and what actually happened in a lot of Bioware games are often two very separate, very different things. Um, like, <laughs> like Dragon Age has it in spades. Um, Master Effect has they write it too. Lore, but it's different from the actual story. Yes, like basically, like because like the best example that I can think of is like you know like uh, slight spoilers for the Dragon Age series, I guess, um, which is basically there's this tale about you know like the uh, like the old elves like and their civilization collapsing because you know humans showed up and tainted the whole thing and, you know blah 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 and they they lost their ability to become immortal because humans you know took over and whatever but the whole thing is that yeah. like you, you later come to find out that like they weren't actually immortal they were just like and they didn't have like old gods either it was just basically like uh the truth of what happened was is that they were just a bunch of really powerful elven mages who were using like uh magic itself to sustain their lives in like certain areas and it, it's it's still an unraveling truth uh but the whole thing is that what they put forth and then what actually happened are not the same thing. So it could very well be that there are some massive, important and critical parts of the story that are either being left out or being rewritten to continue the myth of Helena Tarsus. Hmm. That's an interesting way of doing things. It's a confusing way. I, I don't know why you would do that. Hey, just uh, you should see what they did with the Tuscan Raiders, uh, the sound, the Sand People in Night's Yield Republic. That so Helena Tarsus and the thing that I was talking about before. So I think this is where we're going to end episode 103 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. Um, I think there's a there's a there's a shaper storm on the horizon. We'll there's see. A you hurricane on the come on. What happened? Thanks for listening. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex. On Facebook at Freelancer Codex or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at freelancercodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at MLamson25, at Neverfear, and at JD the Joke Dealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work. See you later, chat.